Good evening, headbangers, and welcome to Slow Motion. Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping it. Uh, all right, this, this is what happens when you take two months off. All right, come on, Mike, you can do this. I need a drink. Good evening, headbangers, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. Kit, would you like to tell us more, or would you like to skip that this time? No. I would like to skip that. What? Okay. It's Shocktober. <laughs> it's Shocktober. We make okay. well. Then we there's talk, no rules. In well, then you got Well, you have to tell people what Shocktober is. Kit, would you like to tell the fine folks at home about Shocktober? Okay. I guess I'm about to get into it. Shocktober is when when we watch is when we watch three Halloween ish movies for mm-hmm. in honor of Halloween. Right before we then do another. Regular, regularly scheduled triple that's also about Halloween or something similar. Right. <laughs> we should, but I think we should also clarify for the listeners that there is some overlap with this feature, uh, Shocktober and Rocktober, just because of what this movie's about. And I don't want people to yeah. think that we're doing a Rocktober triple. We are oh, yeah. not doing a we Rocktober. We probably triple. should have, though. Well, well we could do a shocking Rocktober because there's, there's several heavy metal horror movies. Yeah, I'm not going to. Pick one though. <laughs> um, but Gene Simmons even says Rocktober. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I just think it's very, very important that we clarify that this is a Shocktober triple. Okay. okay. I agree. It's also I also want to clarify <laughs> that it is a spooktacular Shocktober. It is, yes. Why do you say that? Because it's spooky. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> No, that makes sense. Okay, thank you. I think the listeners appreciate the clarifications. Um, I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I am joined today by my good friends Kit and Andrew. Tonight, we're starting a new triple, The Return of Shocktober, or we could call it The Spooktacular Shocktober. No, I like The Return of Shocktober. (laughs) Okay, Return of Shocktober. Like last October, we're each picking one spooky movie for this triple, and since Kit and Andrew were kind enough to let me go first, tonight's film is 1986's Trick or Treat, a.k.a. Ragman, directed by Charles Martin Smith. Is that really? What? That was a title? Yeah, that's actually the version I sent you. That was the title card. Why is he even called Ragman? I don't know. I don't know if they ever go into that. that's That's so bad. That they maybe it sounds cool in Germany. I mean, trick or treat doesn't have a ton to do with like the movie, yeah, really. But Ragman is like, if you want to sell a movie, what a terrible title! They probably could have yeah. should have called it Shocktober, to be honest, or Rocktober. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's all there is already a movie or called Shock. Everyone's getting shocked Rocktober in it. Blood. <laughs> yeah, shock. Yeah, Shocktober would have made sense too. And it's and about more, a rock star. Yeah, I think this. I rock think, and shock. 
I think the Tober. I think the title Ragman and the nickname Ragman are they actually kind of make me rethink the character a little bit because it makes me feel like he's the type of guy who would give him himself a nickname. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Call yeah. me Ragman. Yeah. What do you mean they'd make sense in Germany? Oh, rags are big. I just mean maybe it sounds in cool in Germany. They use Is rags for movie. Was, sorry, sorry. Ragman was the the international title, I think. Oh, because okay. I don't know. Because you know, in Europe, it's like, do they even know what Halloween is? I think they're so no. backwards over there that like they probably have no idea what's going on. Um, but yeah, so maybe over there they had to be like, you know, I, I, I'm sure that they wear a lot of tattered rags around the continent, and so people are probably like, Ragman. Well, that's somebody that I could relate yeah. to. I'll go see this. It means yeah. every man. Sure. Yeah. 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 So anyways, glad we don't live there. <sighs> um, so what do you guys think? Nobody had seen this except for me. I've never even heard of it, which mm. I will say. That's not true. I watched it last year and I told you you should watch it. So I think okay. I had heard of it, but it, there's also Trick or Treat. Yeah, See, that's, and I, maybe like, that's the one I heard of. That's the one I was thinking of, Trick, the Michael Doherty movie. Okay, yeah. So there's Trick or Treat from 2007. There's Trick or Treat from like a couple years ago, which I don't even remember what that's about. And then there's one called Trick or Treats from the 80s that I also don't know what that's about. So there's a lot of movies with a similar title. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll just go. I'll go first. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I did not, I didn't know entirely what to suspect, but I went in pretty, you know, pretty guarded because I... Uh, I remember Night Beast, um, but <laughs> let me tell you, Mike, this was yeah? quite a pleasant surprise. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. I uh, or at least didn't hate it. <laughs> well, I haven't said whether I liked it or not. Right, right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad that it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, um, I did like it. Spoiler alert. Uh, there you go. I was. I'm happy again. Yeah, I thought this was maybe a TV movie or something. Uh, no, totally. This is a, this is a full on movie folks. Um, Mm -hmm. it looked great. Uh, I thought there were, I mean, really it looked like the cinema. No, I agree. The cinematography, the light. What? I was just laughing because it's like the Mike actually picked a movie this time. Like this is a movie. (laughs) You almost always pick movies. Um, but yeah, but I know. So, Last year was the midnight hour for Shocktober, and that was a TV movie. So it makes perfect sense that you would be expecting something like that. And honestly, there is, like, there is kind of like a, a sim, like, there's some similarities, I think, between mm. this and the midnight hour to me. Just like mm. p- parts of the way it looks and the setting, and there's things about it that kind of remind me of that movie. But this movie was, um, yeah, really, really competent, I thought. I mean, I think there's. I'm sure we will talk about like the actual mythology of the movie. And there were some things that like, I didn't totally understand, but I thought, um, I thought the actors were all really good. I really loved Doug Savant, uh, who played the bully. I thought he was great until late in the movie when I thought they jumped the shark with him. Um, but the, the, what is, what's the, the main guy's name? Uh, Eddie. Mark Price. Mark yeah, Price. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was, I thought he was great. Um, there was just like, I had certain expectations of this movie. You know, I thought maybe it was going to be like, like Christine or something like that, where it's like you go in with a likable character and then, 
you know, I thought like the joke was going to be that, oh, rock and roll actually does corrupt this kid like fully and makes him like an evil guy. And they didn't, Mm -hmm. they didn't really do that. Um, I don't know. There was, and then like, even like until the bully attempts to rape a girl, like there's even a moment where like there are, there are like little scenes where it's like, now is the bully going to become the hero of the movie? I thought, Mm -hmm. um, even like the 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 mother, like I feel like there's so many movies like this where the parents are just kind of like, like I think about like the parents in Hocus Pocus, which feel very absent to me, um, and I think that you see a lot of movies like that where like, like of this time period, like horror movies where parents aren't like it's it's like they're they they so can't connect with their children that they just they like they like don't even seem present in their lives. Anyway, I just thought like there was a moment where she is like knocking where she's checking on him because clearly she hears him talking to like somebody in his room and she's like actually concerned for her kid. And instead of being like, it's, you know, yelling, it's time for bed or whatever. It's like, they give her like this, uh, this reaction shot. That's like genuine concern. Um, Mm -hmm. so there was, I don't know. There was just like little things like that little bits of nuance that like I was not expecting and surprised to find. And, um, really, uh, really, I, f- I found it really enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, cool. Kit, what did you think about the film? I thought it was pretty great. Really? Oh, good. <laughs> yes, um. I did it. <laughs> um, I also wasn't sure. It's not necessarily. I I don't know. I was kind of expecting it to be shitty, but like maybe in a fun way. Just like that's just what it seems like it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. But then from the very opening shot, yes, of for the scrolling through the room and the music playing, I was like, "This is good." Like this. <laughs> And then when they showed, you know, they're showing real musical acts and then they show Sammy Kerr, who's like the one that's made up for this. And the poster of him, I was like, I really appreciate it. As we talked about in uh, Phantom of the Paradise, I think when a movie has to invent rock and roll stuff and it actually seems cool, like his Mm -hmm. poster looked really cool. It was you couldn't really it wasn't immediately obvious like, oh, this is the fake guy like um and then that whole opening, uh, like, montage of his day at school, like, first of all, it had voiceover that I thought was actually good, which, like, never happens. The contrast of the, like, very, like, serious, heavy song with his kind of just everyday school trials was both kind of funny, but also very, like, accurate to why kids listen to that music i think Mm -hmm. at that age um they shot the school beautifully like it just looked there's there's like a shot of the hallway that was like wow this looks so nice um i agree with you i thought the bully was an amazing actor (laughs) he was like he was so good um the main kid was really good too and i really liked the guy who the physicality of the guy who played sammy kerr i thought was Again, both funny, but also something that was believable as like a rock star. Like how Mm -hmm. fucking weird he is was really cool. Um, I do think that like 
I think the I think the mythology is probably the biggest flaw of the movie, and that they don't as compelling as the Sammy Kerr actor is, and how he, and he looks so right, and the music is right. We didn't get to know him really at all, and so I think if we had, then the scene where he like I think. Someone mentions casually, maybe once or twice, that he was banned from playing at his high school. And so that moment when he shows up, his sort mm -hmm. of like ghost form shows up and plays again, would have been pretty exciting if we knew it all what that meant to him, I think. Yeah. Um, so he's just a bit too much of a cipher, I think, to get as much enjoyment out of that as we possibly could. Um, but... Yeah, I was like surprisingly grounded in a way in so far as like the the portrayal of bullying also doesn't it doesn't feel as cliché and over the top as it is in a lot of movies like this. It felt very accurate. But there was also like a a a like there was real stakes and like it wasn't just like goofy. Like it mm -hmm. was legit like kind of scary bullying, but not like I didn't think he, anybody was going to get murdered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, feel, it, you, yeah. I think you felt it a lot more like I felt the main characters, Eddie's like the kind of like just everyday unending discomfort you would feel walking into that situation mm -hmm. without it being like with it still being believable that no one would do anything about it, you know, <laughs> like like the bully was sophisticated in how he bullied him, but mm -hmm. then it also was like scary and at times violent. Um, yeah. Well, great. This is awesome. <laughs> you could, ha you could, you could have this regularly, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very hard to find something we haven't all seen that it turns out that we're all, well, I guess, yeah, I've seen, but, uh, but yeah. But yeah, especially with Shocktober, we get kind of nervous because, you know, we have to, you know, yeah. avoid gore or, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. This, but yeah. The, so the first time I saw this movie uh, was last year. And this I got super lucky um, because I watched a horror movie every day last October because I just, you know, it was 2020 COVID, et cetera. Had a lot of free time. And uh, I watched this one every single day, uh, every single night. And um, I a lot of them were duds. Like I tried to watch stuff I hadn't seen before. And a lot of like the months just kind of, you know, as it went on, I was like, Ooh, I don't know if this is really a good use of my time. Um, but anyways, this wound up being my Halloween movie last year. And it oh, was on October awesome. 31st. I watched this for the first time and I was like, that was great. Like this was so good. Um, and you never, I, I really, I hadn't heard anything about it other than from a podcast that I listened to, but it's not like it really has from what I can tell, like this very vocal cult or very large mm -hmm. cult. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really good movie, which is surprising um, to me. Yeah. I, 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 so I guess what happened is that it was, uh, so it was De Laurentiis entertainment group. Yeah. And that's so, the other thing. That's a big, yeah. he's a big producer. Right. But I think they were having by this time in the eighties, they were really having a hard time with distribution and all this type of stuff just because they had like De Laurentiis is a huge name and he is attached to movies that we now all like know and love. But like he's also it's, you know, the, anyways, I guess by the mid 80s, the, the studio was in some serious trouble. They had this whole studio that they had built when he came over to America in uh, in North Carolina. 
and uh, they just had this they just were not making money off the movies and like uh this was another one they made this actually was a profitable film i think but it was far from like a huge hit um but uh but yeah so i wonder if it just didn't get out there enough in 1986 and so it never you know it was probably something people picked up at video stores but i guess it just never reached that kind of you know level of um i don't know what they call that saturation where it it, it finally kind of hits with a cult it is interesting to think about like because there's plenty of movies that are good or bad that are, you know there's plenty of bad movies that get forgotten but it's weird to think that like because i do think this is a a a movie that should have been remembered and I mm. think it's I think it is interesting that like good movies that are in like high concept too. like there's a bunch of effects shot like this is this feels yeah. like a pretty like a, a big ish mid tier horror movie. And I'm I'm it's so like how like how many others are there, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it seems yeah. like there's movies that are worse than this that from the same time period and also but I, I don't know. This movie's not very gory at all mm. so maybe that has something to, to do with it yeah yeah and i would think that the heavy metal angle would maybe have kind of had a built-in cult with it but i guess maybe it just didn't resonate with that crowd and it wasn't resonating with the gore hounds and well and i honestly um, think like as a heavy metal movie as a music movie like it's good like it the music is good i it's think the mu- the original music is very good mm-hmm and feels authentic. It is actually like Gene Simmons is very well cast as a radio yeah. DJ. Ozzy Osbourne was hilarious. That yeah, I loved it. Such, I loved both of it. That's such a cute idea. Um, and like I, it just was so in the zeitgeist then. Like the lady, the teacher on TV, looks who's like accusing, who like accused Sammy Kerr or whatever looks yeah. exactly like Virginia McMartin to me. Who's of, that? Of the um, the preschool Satanist thing. Okay. Do you know that story? Uh-uh. The, well, are you talking about the kind of Satanic Panic type of thing? Yeah. Like to me, just so, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know any of the specific people from that. Is that... But she was involved with all that? She... Yeah, I mean, she was one of the people being... She was... She, the, the school was named for her. Um, oh, I see. But... So she... But I'm just saying, like, all of that stuff seems like... It seems like this movie was right at the right time right, of, you yeah. know, Tipper Gore and all that stuff. Yeah. Maybe um, that's... Maybe that's why. Maybe that's yeah. why it, it's, it just kind of got shuffled into mm. non-existent... Into obscurity. Yeah, it's it's weird, it, but it, that's I mean that's why I watch so many of the movies that I watch is because you just look for that kind of gem in the rough type of thing. And I, I also uh, what one other thing I thought of about mm. about like the Tipper Gore stuff um, mm-hmm. is as I wonder because you know I think about like other horror movies and like it's you know you know more about horror than I do and and slashers and all of that stuff, but I mean I feel like it's kind of like an uh, an an in joke with horror movie with slasher specifically that they are uh prude you know like it's going it's going they're going after any sort of like uh like oversex teenagers and the 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 virgin is always the final girl or boy or whatever you know what i mean right so there's like yeah and you could you could 
someone could say that like that's some sort of commentary, even though it's not. But I, mm. but I wonder. As I was watching this movie, I was kind of wondering like, were they commenting on this stuff? And then were they kind of doing the same thing that slasher movies do, where it's like, we're gonna kill uh, people having sex, and then maybe and make we're gonna we're gonna sort of make them kind of a villain and then kill them and enjoy watching that and then uh are we gonna do that with rock and roll here where it's like <laughs> he starts out as kind of a good guy but they make him they make him kind they start to hint that he's kind of turning bad from this demonic influence uh and this this is based on the whole like the uh the wasn't this like a, a judas priest thing or a bunch of different. Everybody got accused of it. Like Kiss the got accused of it. Okay. Backmasking. The Beatles did yeah. it. But the spinning of the records backwards. Yeah. That was a thing that predates this movie. Yes. I yeah. Okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. so all I'm, what I'm, I'm taking the long way around here, but like, I thought that the sort of sh- like the character sort of realizing, like, oh, this is wrong. I want to put a stop to this. To me, it was kind of like. Is this movie saying that like is this trying to tell people that like oh all the shit in the in the news all the satanic panic stuff that's not what rock and roll is? Um, I, I was just kind of wondering if like if if any if either of you <laughs> thought like was this movie trying to like low key, you know, have fun with this but then also take a stance, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, I I wondered the same thing because I was because I mean on one hand it's like Tipper Gore could have directed this. Um, <laughs> Because it really is just like bearing out. But like I have to think, especially based on the love and the um, effectiveness of the, you know, rock world that it creates. Like I, it's hard to imagine them treating <laughs> the genre with the respect that it gets in this movie. That that would have happened if they were trying to like take it down you know right yeah um but but it does the movie does end up saying like oh yeah they're but maybe it's kind of like oh yeah okay so there actually is a guy like like if if overall it's sort of making fun of it i certainly like that interpretation better that like oh some guy's gonna come out of the fucking record and tell your kid to kill all his friends or something (laughs) yeah i guess i haven't i never i bet that if it was 1986 you're a metalhead and you go see this i wonder if sort of some of this would rub you the wrong way. Like if you might see in it that like, like you were saying like, well, Tipper Gore could have directed this. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that was kind of what kept the heavy metal crowd uh, from, I guess, embracing it. Although I'm sure some people did. Um, but yeah, in, in, per- in me personally watching it, um, I could see, I could see that, but I do like that. It doesn't really, you couldn't, I guess. So let's say there's the Tipper Gores and then there's the, uh, well, I don't know. The metalheads. I was it. You said Judas Priest was one of the metal bands. Judas Priest was in there. Um, okay. Twisted, Twisted Sister, like D. Snyder, okay. who actually went like spoke, I think in yeah, Congress. He uh, did, and uh, Frank Zappa did too. I remember. Yeah. Um. Or I mean, I don't remember, but I have seen. I wasn't there. Um. Anyway, so you got these Anthrax. two camps. Yeah. Yeah, and so, but I wonder if, like, I guess, uh, there's this is that's all definitely in there, but I don't think either one would watch this movie and be like, that's exactly what I'm saying or would necessarily mm-hmm. be totally turned off. Like, you know, I don't think Tipper Gore would probably like this movie. Well, uh, 
I think but... this movie comes out as a defense of rock and roll is what I'm saying. Yeah, I would agree. I think okay. it's probably, and I think like Kit was saying, like they clearly like the music and they clearly like that mm-hmm. culture. So I think they're having fun with it, but I don't, I guess I don't totally see it as like a self-aware defense of that, but I could, to- I could see that like that could have been the intent of the, the so, team. The but I think it kind of comes down to like, what is Sammy Kerr in this movie? <laughs> like, right. you know, like, well, and like, you could also just say like, like, I mean, because he he's a metalhead. The uh, Eddie is a metalhead, but he's obviously got a conscience. He's obviously he tries to put a stop right. to this. And by the end of the movie, he's like, you know, you know, busting his butt to save the town to save, you know. Well, yeah, I'm thinking of like Columbine or something like right. the moral could be like your kids still responsible for their actions and they don't you know, they're not being brainwashed. Right. Yeah, well, and I guess at the end, he does smash up his record player. But to me, that's just like once you've had a demon pop out of or, you know, once yeah, you've you had a, a man. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like I'm leaving that metal stuff behind. It was but just kind of he like also isn't sucked. he DJing at the station at the end or something. Oh, um, uh, something like that. Yeah, like his voice is saying the the nuke. Like radio stinger, isn't it? Oh, is it? OK, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm a little fuzzy on the end right now. Yeah, I, I don't, just watched it last night. I don't I think I think the what makes this one of the things that makes this movie good is that it's at first and foremost, it's concerned with itself. Like, I think that, yeah, all the things we're talking about, I, it's more just like a side curiosity. Sure. Because I, yeah. I don't think I don't think that the text is super worried about, you know, Tipper Gore or, you know, saving rock and roll from those people or you know whatever right yeah yeah it's not like a deeply political no movie but i do think i do think it kind of relates to the lore question of like like does he still listen to metal at at the end of this movie (laughs) right you know or is he done with this i think that's why i'm trying to confirm right now i'm going through the movie to see if he is like doing the radio station at the end because to me that would be the thing that would tell you oh okay he's still right yeah, the the movie's at least acknowledging it's not the heavy metal. It's just the the one off where the uh, rock star implants themselves through some sort of spell into the music and then is conjured. Which you know that could happen with blues. That could happen with country. Um, any artist could could do this type of thing. Yeah, at the end of the movie, he's putting a tape into uh, the like stereo at the station, and he says, "Wake okay, up, sleepyheads! So work- it's party time." Okay. Okay. I mean, it might be the um, same night, actually, because he. Oh no! Kissing, I think you're right. I think he's it is kissing her, and then he's like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that's good. I guess that's uh, that should please the metal fans out there. I mean, he's still yeah. technically grounded. He shouldn't have. He should have gone straight home. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no protagonist is perfect. Um. Let's see. But yes. Uh. I've got some notes on the cast. I've just got some notes on the movie. Um, I guess I don't know if I finished like my kind of overall take. Mm-hmm. I really, really like this movie. Uh, I do think it waffles a little story wise in the third act, but I think that the movie is just I mean, the, the third act is just very fun, whereas I feel like the the first part of the movie, like you really kind of get into this character and you get into like the stuff that's going on. And I don't really know a better way to a better direction to go with it 
but um i do think it kind of becomes more uh like as it becomes more outlandish towards the end i think it maybe just gets a little yeah shaky, but I, it's still I, I i would say that like the first 40 minutes of this movie are i don't think i would change a thing like i mm-hmm. i think the the moment i started to kind of just because i mean I, I you know i i'm i i was not looking to dislike it but there was just like okay I haven't heard of this movie. It's yeah, so, something it's, exactly. It's so good so far, you know. Yeah, I'm waiting for the other foot to drop. So, um, it was when they're in the when the the bully and his girlfriend are in the car, and it mm. starts, and it's like the, it's like the supernaturalness goes to like a new level. I that wrote the exact same that, thing that doesn't quite jive with the, what I've seen prior. Because everything is so, I don't know, there's there's like a real subtlety to it. And now I'm actually seeing like an actual monster. Um, yeah. That's, I said the same thing where I was like, first of all, I would say that I, I would argue that the number one most common trope of a Mike movie is people making out in a car. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, they lost me with... She listens to the music, and if she had been peeling off her own clothes while listening to the music, I would have stayed on board. But the fact that they're, like, being snatched off by a ghost, I'm like, no, that doesn't... (laughs) that doesn't go with this and that green stuff. And then when the monster showed up, I'm like, well, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> They had money. Yeah. They had money for this. Like, think about yeah, it. Yeah, the effects are pretty good. They created yeah. that, they created that monster and it's only on, f- it's only on screen for like 12 frames. I mean, and yeah. it looks pretty good. It um, just seems outside, like the, the headphones melting to her head, which I was like, oh yeah, they're, the headphones are going to fry her brain. Like that feels consistent with a monster who's, effects seem to be primarily audio and electrical based <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that and 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 the idea of him being able to sort of like possess her into taking off her own clothes i'm like okay that also jives with the idea that like this music is implanting ideas yeah. but like why does it how does it manifest a, a fucking furry monster now I have, yeah. the, is it a penis go ahead i do have a, a side question now that bra exploded off of her. I know. I now, know. So that's this is a question for you. Now, was is that do can bras actually do that or was that supernatural the way it exploded off of her? Well, what I thought watching it and I didn't like review the tape hmm. is like it reminded me of like back to the future the way they do his shoes where it's like there was some kind something rigged up to like got it. rip the bar off rip the bra off of her but I don't know how it got over her arms. Okay, so like, it's it's not real. Great. No, I don't see how a bra would do that. Well, that's a, that's about all the disappointment I can take today. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I will say, uh, you know, on on kind of what you were originally talking to, talking about, I feel like it's from that point that I no longer am able to like follow the yes the myth- totally. mythology because it was all mm-hmm. i mean it was there wasn't a lot to begin with like but then it, it just it cranks it to a 10 and it's like i don't understand why sammy kerr was able to manifest himself was there a reason other than he's he- getting stronger right like throughout it wasn't super clear but he's getting more powerful but why and how see I we think don't it has to do with electricity 
Okay. Or, well, or to I'm like, sure, I'm sure I, you're right. <laughs> and like, l- the more people listen to it, like, this is the thing. All it has an easy solution, I think, which is like make it like the ring or something, where the more people are listening to it, the more power it has, which is would play into why it's a huge deal. I think that might have been what it was because his little friend plays it at the party and it's before that that's when when he manifests right well, he man no he manifests before that he manifests in uh, in the room yeah in Eddie's bedroom and then again in which i guess they were both playing the music but then why not manifest earlier than that? it just it's 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 so, the when that i'm i'm hung up on not the yeah. fact that it happens it's yeah it's never very clear exactly what's going on but what I kind of what I kind of took it as is kind of like you guys are saying, like, it's like he he gets his power from when you listen uh, somehow, like, you know, because I think there's one part even where Eddie, he like closes his eyes and he's like in this different place, like this like realm where they're like doing some kind of a ritual. And so it's like he's kind of getting pulled further out of this place where he where uh, sorry, um, Sammy Kerr is kind of getting pulled further out of this place where his spirit has gone to reside. And mm-hmm. then the more he's listened to, the more he can like kind of, tra- I don't know, travel through the electricity or something, uh, the more he can manifest. And then at the end, it's like he's got all these people listening to him so he can really, you know, cause havoc or, yeah. or whatever. But yeah, but the end goal of like, is he going to fully pull out like of this world and become flesh and then be able well, to, you know, be some sort of crazy monster? Andy, or what is he know. even mad about? I mean, I can I, guess. See, what he's mad uh, yeah, about. I thought maybe he was well. So there's this whole thing about like they, they wouldn't let him play at his right. high school back in the day. But then I also thought like maybe he's just kind of an evil character. Like I mean, he's he clearly did something before he died to like. Yeah, I, I wondered if like the hotel fire that he died in was because of some ritual he was doing. Well, like, and he so gave they, it said he gave Gene Simmons the record and told him to play it on Halloween. Okay. And so oh, I'm like, right, well, yeah. is that was that a plan? Right. But it's strange that we don't know this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, bit. and I don't want to know everything about the mythology, I but I do yeah. think a little bit more would have helped for the dramatic or uh, investment or, or, you, know, or yeah. you or you pull back on some of the, you know, because there's stuff like. Why is he electrocuted by water? You know what I mean? He's not. Yeah. Is, is he so he's an actual flesh beat? Like, you know what I mean? Where it's. Yeah, it's it's if he's a demon with the power of electricity and it's it's and he's using himself as a conduit to shock other people uh with enough electricity to like turn them into a poof of dust why is why, why is he yeah electric- he should love water yeah he should be living in it <laughs> yeah so yeah that's the thing is like it needed to be more esoteric in terms of how he comes and goes and we needed to feel like we have or Eddie has less control over him. Right. It, or it, it, that's, that's, yeah, I think that's it. I think the movie, I think the movie feels concerned with the mythology, but doesn't bother yes. to explain it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I personally think it would be, I like the angle of like the fire was him, was some kind of ritual. And like, cause to me, I think if he's actually a Satanist and like Satan is real and all of this stuff is real, that's kind of a funnier take on. I like I like that angle personally, 
Um, but I also love how I love like I love the first time he appears in the room. How like they don't talk like there's it's like sil- it's just Eddie like being terrified. Yeah, <laughs> that scene is really I thought really good and mm-hmm. tense and like there's a the right amount. It's unusual that a movie could tr- to me that or unexpected I guess that a movie could called trick or treat that seems like it's going to be like a shitty 80s Halloween movie could treat a dead fake rock star coming back to life out of a guy a kid's turntable into something that's sort of like I don't know awe-inspiring in a way (laughs) like that it has so much reverence for his for his appearance and like it's willing to just sit there and be like, what the f- holy shit? Like <laughs> right. for, for a long stretches, like instead of it turning into some kind of, you know, they have some kind of cheesy conversation. I'm like, damn, this is <laughs> not what I would have thought this would be. So, and that's, it's really tricky because like, like that's, that's an advantage the movie has. Like they can probably do that scene because they don't have, people being slashed every 10 minutes like a slasher Mm -hmm. film because and one thing that's hard like when i if i ever like when i try to write stuff it's like if you're trying to write something scary it's hard to like um so you have let's say you have the opening kill and like scream is the, the the film scream is actually something that does this fairly well to start with where the the community responds to this murder whereas in something like uh, I can't remember the, exactly which one is which, but like Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, like by the, by the, it's like they find out a character dies, and there's no sense of like kind of the the trauma of having just lost their friend, or there's no like you know sadness or anything, and mm-hmm. it, you know oftentimes there it's because they're literally being chased by the killer as the body pops down at them that's been previously mutilated, whatever. But it's like I think by being so grounded like this movie is for the first half or so. It, yeah, it, it you can actually have those kind of scenes and really be pulled into it where you're just like, holy shit, this like like what's going on with this, you know, well, story? It, like, to what's me, happening it made here? it a little scarier because, I mean, this movie's this movie's not very scary. Yeah, but I don't tend to I don't find slashers, you know, to the extent that I have given them the time of day, which is not much. Um, they tend not to scare me. Right. But this movie, this movie, I mean, I brought up The Ring before, and it does, to me, it's more of a parallel to that because because of the way the horror is sort of grounded and because so much of it is centered around a guy sitting there listening to something. Um, but, like, audio shit freaks me out a lot. Yeah. The idea of backmasking is very scary and the kind of again pretty long shots of him like of an entire record unwinding <laughs> you know before the guy starts talking i feel like they could have exploited that more it definitely could have been scarier um and it i think one way it could have been scarier is if we really actually got to know sammy's personality a little bit more like what mm. specific like desires he has or what he feels slighted by but yeah, i it was i really good. like that 
idea. And I feel like if this were if like we were to remake this, that's exactly where you would want to add to the movie. Like just flesh out Sammy a little bit more. And you have something that's like you said, that would make the ending, which to me, the last third of this, like I said, it kind of waffles and goes off the rails a little bit, even though I'm still having fun. But like that would give me that like the dramatic investment I have or sorry, the emotional investment I have in the first portion of the movie, if you could carry that through to the kind of more action-y, you know, chaos at the end, mm-hmm. which you could do by developing Sammy more and have, like you said, having this be yeah. like his glorious return yeah. to the, the high that, school where he was denied this performance. Like, that's, that would be cool. that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, because I yeah. still felt because that guy was so good and the character yeah. design and everything was so good and the way it's shot. I'm like, damn, I wish I knew this person because this would be pretty cool yeah that he's getting to play and just the idea of a guy who's achieved fame but what he really wants is to like go back and play his right his high school <laughs> yeah. is like that's an interesting idea you, and yeah. i also think it's a great take another thing a lesser movie would do is have him just be a rock star it so takes it to the next level that he went to this kid's high school like how that would change your relationship to your idol knowing that he came from the exact same small town you came from yeah um and you can talk to people who really knew him like that's such a great idea and it gives i think it gives a good uh like it strengthens the parallel between sammy and totally you know like here here's a character who's trying to go back to high school presumably he went through a very similar situation that Eddie is going through where like high school is not going well. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's something about going back and sort of conquering it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I really like that idea, but yeah, we don't, you're right. We don't ever get to hear Sammy yeah, express I mean, that. That's really maybe where the critique comes of, of not the music per se, but the way that he's using it. Cause like what Eddie ends up with, Eddie's walking around school, you know, hating every single person he interacts with, including the girl he ends up making out with. And I think somewhere in here, there's a critique of that attitude, even though it's understandable, he's being bullied and, you know, those guys are assholes to him, but his means of dealing with it, of just like closing himself off and kind of stewing in his hatred for all of it ultimately is not good for him and he and the and he ends up proving by the end of the movie that it was not strictly necessary that he actually one could stand up for himself because when he does stand up for himself it's not with any supernatural assistance you know yeah um and he ends up getting with this girl that he liked who turned out to be a lot nicer than he assumed she would be yeah um well he's He's got like a crush on her to start with, but then he gets so furious with her after the right. pool incident. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like he doesn't really lash out at her until then. And he's not really like uh, like it doesn't seem like he just hates everybody at the school, but he, he definitely doesn't feel like a part of it. But anyways, yeah, that's quibbles. But um, but it was yeah. he was really good. I'm just thinking. He about, was. Yeah, he was I'm, great. I'm thinking about that pool scene and it's it's. I think it's a lot for a, a character, an actor to carry um, sort of that much, I don't know, emotional breath. Like, cause he, 
he has to get angry and to a point where you believe he's he's going to you know consult with a demon to kill people he has to be sympathetic at the same time he also has to be an awkward teenager um and kind of a hero like there's all these different elements yeah. that i think and i think he plays them all really like he's really when he's yelling at her i think that scene is so mm-hmm. good because you're sympathetic towards both of them and you're also scared of him and scared for her um yeah i don't know it's a lot that can it connected to the mom and it, like that's kind of what i mom. mean is it seems like there's something about the you know the media reaction at least at the time not necessarily in the, well in the movie too the media reaction in the film even is this kind of like that this music is to blame but the reaction of the mom yes. and yes. the girlfriend is we're concerned Fear and concern. about yes. you yes that yeah. you're so unhappy and angry yes. and it's not you yeah. know his mom looks at the covers and she's like <laughs> like right. she doesn't seem, but it, but the, but her brain doesn't go to like I'm banning you from listening to this. It goes no. to like upping the amount of care that she's giving to yeah. him, which You're, is like yeah. that could make me cry thinking about that right mm-hmm. now because you know <laughs> I <laughs> I know someone like that um, who you know went through that <laughs> as a kid, and it's so sweet to think of the response being not we're going to ban this the only thing that's getting you through this and you know instead of that seeing like okay this is helping you but like let's also try to give you other outlets and make sure that we're right. still trying to talk to you and engage yeah. you and get you out of your room sometimes you know and there's well and even oh sorry i was just gonna say like you're i think you're so right um i think that's a very good point i think there's i think there's just so much subtext coming from the mom and like her relationship with her son and and it comes through with so little text um i think it's really interesting you know where's the dad and you know yep you you know what i mean and then like the mom is is you know she's even just like a scene of her exercising awkwardly in her room like that shot was great it was i loved it i loved it (laughs) um so many great shots by the way which i want to talk about too but um yeah, I don't know. There's just uh, this movie's very smartly, yeah, r- and, and very economical. You know. By the yeah. way, directed by Charles Martin Smith, mm-hmm. who played the nerd in American Graffiti. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and made Airbud. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I, I've got some like cast and crew notes. Um, His filmography yes, that, is nuts. It's it's Airbud and Dolphin Tail. It's a Bob. So, it's a and Dolphin Tale too. Yes, it's yes, a Bob. I mean, Airbud did make me and Sydney cry as kids, but I don't. Airbud, yeah, yeah. This is I've never seen it. This is Bob Clark to me. It's like yeah, no, and yes. Uh, when Kit was talking earlier about slasher movies don't really scare her, it's like I'm the same way. I love slasher movies, but they very rarely, other than the moment of tension you get, kind of as the story or as the 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 scene as the film's unfolding. The sneaking. But, uh, <laughs> The what? The like waiting, f- the tension can be. Yeah, yeah, scary. like you're waiting for the the kill or like the yeah. noise or you but know. But that's a kind of cheap kind of fear. But yeah. 
Right. But Bob Clark's Black Christmas is a slasher film that is scary. Like you turn that off when you're done and it's just like you're just creeped out. I was thinking of that while she was I was literally thinking of that while she was saying slasher films don't scare me. I was like, well, we should watch Black Christmas then. (laughs) I really want to see it. It's beautiful. I think it'll ruin my life. I do you, is it that I can't remember if it's, it's gory not, or not. I don't it's not it's, it's not, not about goriness. Okay. That's not why. See, that's not why it would just it would be so. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. It's, it's a great it's movie. Just being attacked. I know. I want to see it. Um, but yeah, it also you watch this movie and you kind of can't believe that like wow, this guy didn't. This wasn't the start of an illustrious career. I mean, he's doing fine yeah. for himself. He made a living. He's done a lot of work. Yeah. Um, um but it seems like a. I don't know of a, a up and coming great yes, filmmaker made I this agree. movie. Yeah. I agree. Well, did you look at the uh, the screenwriters at all? I guess. No. Uh-uh. So um, the uh, let's see what I got here. Um, oh, maybe I didn't even note it, but it was James Wong and um, uh, oh, from X Files. Yes, and his other uh, I can't think of the guy's name. So they were both. I think Morgan the, and Wong. The, Glenn Morgan, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's actually, Glenn Morgan, is, I think, is actually his friend. He's Eddie's friend. Oh, Roger. Uh, in the movie. I think so. Okay. Uh, he, he has some role in the movie, and I couldn't really play, because I don't know what he looks like. I wasn't paying attention to that. But but yeah, they're both uncredited uh, screenwriters, apparently, for this, the, the X-Files guys. And then the main screenwriters, I actually, I think I looked at what else they had done, but I don't remember. Uh, but, uh, but I guess since we're on the subject... Um, for some of the cast. So Mark Price, who was Eddie, he was also in Family Ties. Uh, he played Alex's friend. Yep. Uh, I can't think of what his name was. Um, but uh, he does a lot of stand-up and a lot of TV work now. And he allegedly beat out Keanu Reeves for this role. Um, Probably uh, the producing the team best. that made this went, on, uh, went forward to uh, produce uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which Keanu Reeves was cast mm. in. Very cool. Um but uh, let's see. Kevin Yeager did the special effects. He is from Lawrence, Kansas, which is where I went to college. Nice. Um, he also did Sleepy Hollow, Face Off, yes. and several Nightmare on Elm Street films. Hell yeah, that um, that tracks. Those... Wait, he was the cr- he did Sleepy Hollow. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I so he's it. actually got quite a career, Kevin Yeager. He, lo- um, he it looks like Nightmare on Elm Street to me. Yeah. Mm. No, and I think that this was probably Dino De Laurentiis. I think somebody even said that in something I was reading. I can't remember if this was a critical insight or something like somebody involved with the film actually said. But like Dino De Laurentiis wanted his franchise and he saw Nightmare on Elm Street and was like, let's do something like that. And so I think that's what this was uh, kind of what they were going for. I can see Um, that. But before we move on, I got to say, Kevin Yeager, he uh, perhaps most notably designed the Chucky doll from Child's Play. Ah, and then perhaps most, most notably, he worked with Weird Al on Fat and UHF. There so, it is. There you go. That's the one right, right there. Uh-huh. Can I just say, the new Chucky looks like shit. The Is it a TV show? I don't something? mean the show specifically. Oh, the, movie? The, Mark- the doll. Oh. The oh, redesigned doll, I don't understand at all. Are, for the movie with Aubrey Plaza? Must be. The, I think it's the TV show. It's okay. like okay, on FX or something. I haven't. I saw a preview a for it, and the doll has been redesigned, and I don't know huh. what the point was. Yeah. Because it doesn't look more like you'd think if you did that, it'd be like either a more current aesthetic or to make it seem more like a doll or something, and it's like neither. I'm just like, I don't get this. Get this. It just looks cheaper to me. Anyway, sorry. I know. Yeah. I never heard anything about that remake. 
or the I heard it was good. Plaza. Really? Okay. Yeah, like pretty yeah. pretty good. Mark Hamill does the voice. He's a, obviously a great That's voice great. actor. Yeah. But people were also mad that Brad Dourif wasn't doing it. So, you know, who right. knows? Right. I just watched the original Child's Play. That's after. So I watched Psycho 2, Psycho 3. I'm going to watch Poltergeist 2, Poltergeist 3. And then I'm going to watch Child's Play 2 and 3. Because it's just like all these sequels I kind of never I wanna, got around to. I want to watch the child, all of the Child's Play movies. Because I have yeah. I read like a really good... Um, article like a few couple years i think i shared it with you but it basically there's this like thing that like people don't know except for fans which apparently is that like the child's play movies if it's your bag like apparently they like maintain their quality even into the depths of like straight to video yeah <laughs> it's like it's like the same creative team the entire franchise yeah which i no, think is interesting I've, I haven't seen two or three, but I have seen Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, and like they were perfectly fine. Like I'm not nuts about the original Child's Play; I enjoy it a lot, but it's it's not like one of my all time favorites. But yeah, I would say I mean obviously I mean the first is is probably better, but uh, but yeah, it seemed like they're pretty consistent, and they that's one of those things too that weirdly does have this cult. It's just somehow I don't ever like cross into that sphere yeah. or something. Yeah, but but there's like there's like big Child's Play Chucky fans out there, I guess. Um, Apparently, because they they made like eight of them. So, yeah. um, anyhow, trick or treat. I gotta stay focused here. Yep. Um, the uh, so the soundtrack was done by a band called Fastway. Uh, the soundtrack for this film doubles as their fourth album, uh, and the <laughs> cool. the band has uh, I guess it was founded by uh, somebody maybe somebody from Motorhead. Um, I can't remember if he's like a guitar mm. player or bass or something. I don't know. Um, and then some other bands, but their singer, uh, Dave King, went on to form the band Flogging Molly. So that's oh, wow. kind shit. of I felt like the uh, pedigree. Yeah. Like looking at like the people who were in Fastway, because it looked like they kind of cycled through a lot of people from different bands like um, trying to think Motorhead, UFO. Uh, there was one other one that was biggish, but I can't remember. Anyhow, um that uh like that's why the movie the music in this movie feels like authentic and good is because like they got actual you know, musicians the, who yeah they, yeah, they had actual yeah. yeah um so yeah then we talked about Airbud and dolphin tail um tony fields i think you should look into him kit because okay. uh he was he was a famous dancer uh who was in the beat it and thriller music videos um I but then he was also he was on this Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can definitely tell he's uh, but I guess he was like actually famous from like some 80s show. It wasn't American Bandstand, but it was like some dancing show like Does solid he die gold. Of AIDS? Uh, I don't know. Does he have any relation what? to Mrs. He Fields? Did. He did. OK. I saw a death Mrs. date Fields. of 1995 and he's a dancer. And I'm like, OK. Oh, OK. So, yeah, but he's got a bunch of videos on YouTube uh, of him on the solid cool. gold show. I think it's called cool. something gold. Um, solid gold. So, okay, yeah, which I had never heard of the show, but oh, I watched some Body of the Body Language, and... the Freddie Mercury, the Queen movie. Hmm. Oh, Queen interesting. music video. Cool. Um, but yes, that was my he cast was notes. Fan- I he just was fantastic. Yeah. I thought, yeah, he was very good. Was very and good. again, it's like him being, like, that's part of what makes it so tantalizing to imagine, like, if they develop Sammy's character a little more. Like, you know, gave him that motivation or made a little Even more. Even if they didn't want him to talk, I don't know. Like, I wonder, did they not want him to talk in person yeah well and it's probably more in a way it's more spooky that way exactly you, but you could you still just have develop to his balance. character without doing that 
Yeah. Like you, like, yeah. Like have them go to the library and find the old articles about, you know, or go to find the old yearbook about, you know, I don't know why. He yeah, was, exactly. He was so, like uh, yeah. So jaded or rejected or something. Anyhow. Yeah. You literally show like a like some sort of like class photo or something. And he's like off to the side looking, you know. Right. Sad. <laughs> yeah. Like a, the going through the old high school paper, like, you know. Uh, whatever his high school like rocker band from concert uh, swears vengeance or I don't know something like that. sure anything or like that ba- yeah. band from playing prom um, but uh, yeah I guess all I've got left is just like little straggler notes I've got I've got a couple um, I have a couple small things um, I kind of okay, ta- yeah. I kind of talked about this at the beginning but I was so excited about the bully character yeah and his like genuine fear and his concern as it develops yeah. and I, I, I honestly thought that they were going to end up like reaching common ground or teaming up in some way. Like I was like, I was ready for it. And I thought even with the severity and the brutality of his bullying, the fact that that actor and the movie was getting me to that point, I was like, this is, this is, I'm, I'm gelling with this. And then I just, I just feel like he goes to like, rape that i mean i don't know what else to call it. I mean, he's forcing himself on that girl and it yeah. just it's like why it, it seems like that only serves to make his just to tee up his death yeah and it's they like kind of, yeah but that but that's the thing and and like that's see that's a cheap thing that we do in we me and my <laughs> shitty horror movie friends uh <laughs> when we make when we make our movies um that's like a cheap way, I feel like, of just like getting the audience excited about somebody getting killed. But that's not what this movie is. This movie's smarter than that. So, yeah, we should be. It would be better if we were conflicted about him yes. dying. Because yeah. and we would have been. He was. He was. He was on to the problem <laughs> before anybody else was. And it's like it's it to me. It's like it's a thing you cut. You know, like he can be drunk. He can be a little belligerent. He can even walk into the ba- into the girl's bathroom like a creep. But once yeah. he's like looking her up and down, but then after that, he he has there's well, like a scene there's a there's a brief moment of dialogue where he's saying like, you know, I'm really worried about you, you know, spending time with uh, Weinbauer. Like this dude's into some weird shit, and right. then he you know advances yeah, it on just, her. So that's it's a complete I think non sequitur. Yeah, I feel the same way that that's like one of the only times where the movie does the kind of cliche thing of like. Well, it's like this guy's going to die, but it's it's OK because like, look how bad he actually is. And it doesn't really feel like that was the character in the first place. But so I, there's that. But in the whole movie, I mean, he he really comes for Eddie. This whole movie, he I really know, like. But and, and so I think maybe if you I maybe. Yeah. If you read it as he's going for her because he knows that she and Eddie are, have become kind of, you know, a couple. I mean, I don't know what they. Yeah. They become enamored with each other. Um so maybe he's like trying to hurt her because he knows it would hurt Eddie. I feel like that at least would be more consistent with the character we've seen. But mm-hmm. it's certainly when I watched the movie, I felt the same way like you were just describing. Like this doesn't fit. But it's, I guess if I think about it and try to justify it, that's where I would come down. But I, but I think it's I think it's if if you're gonna do that, which you can, you can do that, and mm. it, and it can work fine. The issue is when they there's the scene after. He his tie gets sucked into the lathe. Yes, and you see, and he's genuinely like terrified. And then the after the thing with his girlfriend and the melty 
headphones. He goes to his house and he's like, you've got like, I mean, they're just saying there's, there's a, a genuine, there, there's a genuine moment of like fear and some sort of realization that based on his movie, he's the hero. Yes. I think this movie, I think this movie is suggesting that this character is going through some sort of metamorphosis and then we end up right at the beginning again. So yeah. I, I think I but I think I think yeah, I think you're right. If you if you cut some of this stuff, you know, I think if you literally cut him going to Mark's house and they sh- yeah. and they kind of cuz that was the moment where I was like, "Oh, the bully's going to be the hero and Mark is go- is going to be the the actual villain of the movie." Which right. would have Cuz he even when Mark or uh, when Eddie comes out, he even does this kind of thing mm-hmm. where he like holds his hands out and the flames rise out of the pumpkins, yeah. <laughs> which would be like the thing where like, OK, like this guy has become the villain. He's gotten yeah. too crazy with his powers. Yeah. Right. Yes. So anyway, I it's it's not like a it's not like a deal killer, but it sure it 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 just felt like here's an interesting thread. Yeah. And the thing is, is like all you have to do is either fully commit to him being a douchebag or you let his death mean something. Yeah. Yeah. It's only disappointing and because he's so not a cliche of a bully before that. And yes. then they're just right. like rape is a shorthand for bad guy. <laughs> you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think, uh, it also clicked with me while you're talking. I recognize him, but I forgot to look him up. I think he plays Felicity Huffman's he does. husband on desperate housewives. Okay. I was like, I know that guy from somewhere. He's also in a not- teen wolf. And, oh, he's in Teen Wolf. Yeah, yeah. he was on Melrose Place for eight years too. That's where I'm that's glad. Where I, I was him, glad so. to see that he's like he's continued to work because mm-hmm. he's really good. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, no, he's very, he's really good. He's really good with a role that could so easy. There were a lot of things in this movie where I was like, man, is this where that cliche comes from? Like, like it feels like it's originating certain standards for. I don't know scenes that I've seen like there was this is okay this is probably too inside baseball and we can just cut it but there's this podcast that I listen to called Hollywood Handbook and there they have these recurring guests who are real people named Wit and Clay they're comedians and whenever they're on they do this bit where like the the two co-hosts and Wit and Clay are like interacting and doing kind of like a scene and then Wit and Clay will keep going off and like whispering to each other and being like, dude, can you believe what he just said? Like they're doing this kind of thing. And the scene where Eddie calls his friend and is telling him, dude, you have to go to you have to go to his car and get the tape. Out. And I realized like <laughs> that's 100 percent what they're doing. Like to this to the extent that I think it's a direct reference <laughs> to this film. They sound exactly like them. One of them sort of like oblivious, like, what are you talking about? Blah blah blah. It seemed really cool. And then the other one's just like, No, dude, you don't get like and it's so fun. I'm like, holy shit. So maybe it's on some level. That would be insane if that's actually the connection. But I should you send would... you that p- little section to yeah. listen to to be like like they're doing the voice that that and it's crazy. That would um, be That'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this movie, I feel like it feels very original while also feeling like, oh, this is like where Buffy the Vampire Slayer comes from. Yes, <laughs> you totally. Know, so many totally. things. Yeah. 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 It's, what it's, year was Fright Night? What year did Fright Night come out? 
I look it up. Uh, I think 80. 88? No, I think earlier. I think 85. 85. Oh, also, we should say that the okay. guy, the guy, who, the guy who directed this movie did direct an episode of Buffy. So. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, really? I think. Okay. So. Pretty sure. I didn't know that. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't look at all his credits. He is. He's directed a lot, or he's either acted in or directed a lot. Yeah, a lot of TV. Um. Yeah. Um. Shoot, I was gonna say we're talking about that makes me want to watch that Night episode Night. and be like, just again because some of the shots in this movie are so good. Yeah, I, I bet. you know, and even like the way that and now that we have the the Buffy connection, like the way the high school looks in Buffy mm-hmm. is like very you know I haven't watched that show in uh, fifteen years or something, but it's very etched into my like like Sunnydale High is in my yeah. head. Um, and yeah, so I wonder if any of that would have carried over. Well, but I was going to say the level of emotional connection between the supernat where it f- the supernatural and the high school reality of like right. the um, the real emotions that everyone feels in high school are manifesting themselves as these like supernatural occurrences. Yeah. See, and that's the best stuff. Like that's that's yeah. when you guys talk about like a Mike movie or a Mike thing. Like that's I feel like my thing, and it's the same with like uh, like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, yeah. And I don't know, kind of gremlins to some extent, but it's just like that thing where it's like the drama of the character gets rolled into this horror kind of supernatural type of thing. Like, I love that. I can never I will never, ever get enough of uh, that kind of horror. Um, But uh, but we were talking about why we were doing Inside Baseball, Uh, like the book that I wrote is and I which I wrote totally reminded me of the years. Yeah. Years before I saw this. Um, it's got so many similar things with like trying to draw like a spirit out through a piece of media and all this type of stuff. So that was also kind of weird. Like when I first watched it, it was like, oh, I guess if the, if I had if I ever were to get that <laughs> book published, people would just be like, ah, it's just like that movie Trick or Treat. But, but fortunately for me, nobody knows about Trick or Treat. That's so. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think I think what would what would get this movie to where it should be is a good Blu-ray release. Yeah that gets people talking about it again. And then I feel like the stranger things crowd, like totally, if, if you could get the little kids that are into stranger things and, and everybody, the, the kids and the teenagers and uh, everybody that, that would put this, that would finally get this into the canon. I think that's what this has because like, again, I haven't watched stranger things, but I know that stranger things is basically a Spielberg homage. And what hmm. Spielberg to, to me if I had to sum up Spielberg, and I'm not original in saying this, but like why he's so good and what he carries through all of his work is just the main characters are in the perspective of the audience in terms of the awe that they have toward what they're experiencing. For sure. And yeah. That's what we get in this movie with moments of just silence and him like looking at his idol standing there <laughs> in his room for such a yeah. long time. That's the feel. That's like the close encounters kind of feeling that I'm like, yeah. damn, that's very sophisticated for what I thought this movie was going yeah. to be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you guys liked it so much. That makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, um, yeah. I think, you know, Kit said she, you know, she knew it was going to be good, like in that opening shot. Um, I agree, but I was, I, there was, uh, there was a shot that I liked even more, like a couple of minutes in, and then, and then throughout the movie, I was like, oh, that looks good. That's lit very well. There, mm-hmm. that's very dynamic. Um, but there was a really cool shot, and it's, it's just following kids' feet through the hallways of that school, 
And as they go up like these cement stairs, the camera just kind of goes past and tracks downwards and they reveal yes. him underneath the stairs. Ugh, loved it. Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous shot. Yeah. I loved the shot of Main Street. The first shot of Main Street was great. Mm-hmm. Um, like they just show the town at night and I'm like, damn. Um, and then there's a part where the bully, where he leaves that note for the bully and they only show the bully approaching his locker from afar. And then the next shot is just him, his hands kind of over his shoulder reading the note. And it just stood out to me as like <laughs> a very like a TV show, for instance, where narrative is like the primary uh, concern would like show his face looking at the note, show his reaction to the note. But this movie is like it honestly <laughs> it. I think that's part of that's part of it. That's why I keep like harping on the silence is that it felt like I was watching something recently about the distinction between TV directing and moving movie directing, although like those are coming ever closer together. But that, you know, this really felt like movie directing because it's looking for visual ways. Like you're saying, there's that the scene with the mom we're not given it's not like we're given a bunch of exposition or backstory about like why we should like what exactly is going on here but all of that stuff is still carried through in like in how it's in how it's shot in the fact that we don't keep cutting back into his room to see him talking to her that often we're mostly hearing him through the door which puts you know puts the audience in the same position as the mom. Just all that stuff is like... She's probably already... And she's already probably concerned about him. Just, A, she's his mom, but she's also a single parent. She probably can't put as much time into him as Mm -hmm. she could if she had the help of another. So there's just all these little things that you, you can or you can choose or choose not to, you know, draw upon. But I think the, the the text allows it, and that's I think yeah. that's that's one of the the hallmarks of of good movie writing. I think is uh, totally. is that you know a is that it can support the way you feel about it. Well, and we yeah exactly it's analyzable. Like we spent <laughs> you know our entire first podcast together was watching movies where we mostly had to say like we can't. We can talk about how shitty this is, but we can't analyze it because it doesn't sustain that. We can't look at these choices and think about the reasons that they were made because there was no reason. <laughs> except Adam for the Sandler whims of the to person. Go to right. <laughs> exactly. But this movie, it's good and we can talk about why it's good, which is just like remarkable for That's why we <laughs> got into this business. what people might expect this to be. Yeah. <laughs> I love in that scene too how when 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 Sammy starts saying, Come in, mom, come in <laughs> like starts imitating his voice. That was fucking yeah. creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, let's see. I got uh I think we've really covered most of there's I don't know, I just like like in my notes, a lot of it just be like, I love the scene at the pool. I love the scene mm-hmm. where he pranks the bullies and they chase them all through the school. And, uh, you know, he winds up like it's it's a little maybe jokey or something that the fact that the bullies all wind up like spraying down the teacher's lounge with a fire extinguisher or whatever. But like 
I don't know. I just I, and again, like part of my my bliss watching this movie is just like that high school. Like it looks a lot like my high school. Um, and it's just uh, yeah, just that whole style of I don't know, building or school, whatever. Um, also, re- with regard to that scene, I noted that the scene where the bullies are chasing around. I swear that there's a kid in the band room who gets nailed with a symbol because <laughs> uh, they like they like <laughs> oh, yeah. run through the percussion section and a symbol goes flying. And I swear that one of the maybe saxophone or clarinet players or something like just gets it like right in the head. Um, <laughs> that chase scene but, is great. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. And it's just like I, I, mean, I can think of a lot of movies where there's a high school covered in that detail Mm-mm. in terms of like Mm-mm. the ground that, you know, and it's probably, it's tricky to film in a high school for a number of reasons, but like, I love uh, uh, just the, but good, but like the, and the choreography too of it. Like I love when they yeah. burst out of that room and they're, they're, there's all the students moving the tables and like, yes, and, yeah. And he, and he <laughs> bypasses it. And then the other dudes run into it and then they run over to another table and one dude like does a hood slide. Over. I mean, it's just, yeah, you know, that you and gotta, the, you gotta uh, practice that. You can't do that on TV. <laughs> Yeah, the the mop bucket that kid just goes like flying over the staircase. I loved it. So yeah. that's the thing is, it's like there's there's just little bits. It allows for little bits of of uh, you know, levity. I think because yeah, there there are sincerely like severe moments in this movie. I think like I think, oh my god, that scene of him uh them pushing him out naked from the locker room. Which by the way, yeah, what locker room? <laughs> <laughs> has just like naked dudes on one side and a single Basketball door court. A, yeah a door that you know, no hallway no corners <laughs> just like yeah they, he goes out the door and he's naked in front of a, a bunch of women so but that just, that was again that's a that's a in a lesser movie they would not that would be played for laughs and you completely it's like a naked boy's butt it's and horrible. everyone's laughing at him and i'm just like oh my it's like yeah it's really so bad. horrible, mm-hmm. and you can just tell again. It's in the the performance because his him from behind, just the way his hands are on that yeah. door yeah, handle, can, is like, like heartbreaking. Agony. So yeah, so yes, there is that. But I also think uh, there's some, there's some good humor too. Like yeah. like the movie does a really good job of having those moments and then having some moments of levity. And uh, yeah, it's uh, something you don't see a lot. Like usually a movie goes in one direction or the other with with that. Yeah. Um, it also has my favorite, uh, one of my favorite movie tropes is uh, no one being able to tell that something weird is going on because it's Halloween and everyone's in costumes. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Everybody coming out I, of the school is is great and the cops. Like yeah. it's it's also just yeah. like it's, well, I kind of, I believe it. Like there's, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not like, you know, so many movies I feel like where it's like, horror movies especially are very guilty of this where it's like people just keep ignoring the problem and sticking their head in the sand to the point of it not making any sense. Yeah. Uh, even, even, even if it is a supernatural situation, but, uh, I think it would have been interesting actually, if we knew more, if, if Sammy's motive really was that like, he wanted to play a concert at his school after he got banned for it, but then he came back and no one realized that it was really him. And he yeah. was very pissed about that. Well, there was like an actual <laughs> moment where somebody was like, that's a really good lookalike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And then he starts killing people. So that's 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 where motive we needed it because it was just like, now he's right. killing people in the crowd. Yeah, who, yeah who's he mad at? Yeah. And I then I think yeah. And I think Eddie even, or somebody says later in the movie that like, you know, without your audience, you're nothing. So it's like, well, if you wanted to play. Well, yeah. It, it's, so it's just, it's, he, it's very muddled. He's. He seemingly needed more people to listen to him. 
like yeah. to become more powerful. So yeah, I, that didn't really make sense. It makes sense in the context of like we have to have bad stuff happening, mm-hmm. but in terms of the story, yeah, it didn't really fit. But uh, we were talking though about horror cliches. My one that drives me crazy now, having seen probably one to two thousand horror movies in my life, <laughs> is the uh, the character who has had like like seven friends die. And then they go into a room alone and it's dark and they hear like a noise or something. And they're like, what is this? Some kind of joke? It's like, no, it's probably not a joke. Like you just had, you know, multiple deaths in the last hour. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Anyhow, neither here nor there. Uh, I think that's, do you guys have any stragglers? I got, I, I liked his, his room. That was one thing I noted. His room just, was awesome. Great room. Yeah. Great room. Very cool. It was a little, uh, it was a little, it was a little bit kind of like the, the locker room in the, in the gymnasium where it was like, well, you're not in an attic. You're just seemingly in the hallway, but here you are walking into this bedroom that is like, right. A, like, un, there's no insulation. There's in no the insulation. Walls. Yeah. <laughs> he must yeah. have been cold. But, but honestly, like, it's, it's exactly, but it's honestly not something that I thought about while watching the movie. So, yeah. Another, yeah. another point. I'm only thinking about it now. Um, but it is, it is funny. Yeah. I also, I always like when there's like a radio station in a movie, uh, <laughs> just to like, I don't know. I know that radio stations now are wildly different than they would have been in the, 80s and 90s but now uh, would be a yeah. uh, now would be a, a series a serious xm radio station right yeah so it'd probably just be like a little hard drive and mm-hmm. then like a, i don't know yeah it would it would probably look much like this podcast currently looks mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah the only thing i like about texas chainsaw massacre 2 is the uh radio station because it's just like uh, you get yeah. to see this cool little yeah, radio that, station. i hate that movie yeah not a fan <laughs> they're making uh, another one they're always making really? another one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. They're always making Lee's another exci- one. Lee's excited for it. I huh. kind I kind of am too, but we'll see. You guys. I know. We're setting ourselves up for pain. You this is like the people who are going to Yeah. This is like the people who are going to go see the fourth Matrix movie. It's like, did you learn nothing? My friend texted my friend texted me today and's like, "Are you seeing the Matrix?" and I was like, do you which one do you mean? <laughs> and then I was like, "I haven't even seen the first one, so probably uh. that'd be funny though." That would be to pretty see funny. The see the fourth yeah. one without having seen any other ones. Maybe I'll do yeah. that. No, I'm a big Star Wars guy, <laughs> but I've only seen uh, Phantom Menace. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna do a, a a cyberpunk triple, so I could finally get kid to watch the Matrix, but I couldn't <laughs> find three like cyberpunk. Mo- like it was like it was like two Blade Runners and a Matrix. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Why don't we watch Ghost in the Shell? Yeah, I wasn't sure if we were Ghost ready. Ghost in the for... Shell, Blade Runner, Blade Runner, and Matrix. I just wasn't sure if we were ready for an anime. Oh, I'm anime now, baby. That's true. You are. Fair <laughs> enough. I've been listening to nothing but city pop for the last week. So <laughs> we're there. All right. For cool. real. All right. All right. I think that's all we've got. Um... Or like, what's the motorcycle one? The famous Akira. Let's oh watch Akira. yeah. Let's watch Although Akira, I, Ghost in the Shell, and Blade Runner. <laughs> I have heard. Wait, Blade Runner? You just cut out the Matrix. That's the whole point, oh, you ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'm sure glad I I'm sure glad I caught that before we recorded before we recorded the podcast. Yeah. We can watch Ghost in the Shell and Akira. Kit just as did one the, movie. Kit just did the equivalent of uh, when a bunch of bad guys pile on a hero and they start punching him and then he just crawls out of the pile. <laughs> uh, 
You mean like in the Matrix 2 when all of the Agent yeah, Smith? Honestly, uh, yeah, a little bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, okay, I've got a I've got a cruise minute. Woo! I okay, got I got one too. I so. almost never do. So you go first. In its opening weekend, Trick or Treat made 2.9 million against The Color of Money, which made uh, 4.2 million. Although Color of Money was in its third weekend, Trick or Treat mm. was in its first. Okay. So is that um, pretty bad for '86? You know, for that week, it was. No, it, it I mean, it, yes, the the box office was disappointing for this, but it did get at least its its budget back. What did it make um, and what did it cost to make? I think it made like seven and I think it cost like four uh, or five. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, so not it's not great yeah. for a horror. It's not great. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, though, it also. So that was my cruise minute. But uh, another fun was fact. Was it PG-13? Sorry. Or was it PG? I don't know. I think it's I R. I think it would probably have been PG-13. Really? Why would it be R, though? They say fuck a bunch. Not... Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That would do yeah. it. Um, okay. And there's several. Yeah, there are, there are several pairs of tits. Oh, there's titties, too. Oh, yeah. 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 I guess well, I'm only thinking of, like, the horror aspect. If it, was just the, right. if it was scary. just the swimming pool, and it's, right, it's, it's only two years after Temple of Doom, so I'm kind of thinking maybe if it was just the swimming pool, I would be like, okay, this is not... But there's a, there's a girl orgasming in it, so it's surprising if it's not NC seventeen. Well, I close, <laughs> I close I close my eyes during that scene. That's okay. just too much. Yeah. Sarah came and plugged my ears and clicked come. Yeah. You <laughs> Sorry, your fun fact, Mike. Oh, fun fact! This also debuted the same week as the infamous Soul Man, uh, ah, which is the wow. one where the yeah, and also a great movie uh, from Beyond, uh, which only made half a million that weekend. But that's the Stuart Gordon. Um, I think it, I don't know if it's directly an H.P. Lovecraft adaptation, but it's a good movie. Which Barbara movie? Crampton. Which movie was it? Uh, from it's called Beyond? From Beyond. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I know that one. It's good. I might actually go see that tomorrow. It's playing at the Screenland. So. Um, all right. Anybody else have a cruise? Minute? Yeah, I got I got a couple things. One, apparently Tom Cruise is still filming Mission Impossible, which is shocking to me. And it's uh, been yeah. moved back again. <sighs> yeah, it got moved, but more, but also like, uh, I don't think it, I don't think it got moved too far, but Top Gun got Top moved Gun. again, which okay. is just like, man, I want to see that plane footage. I just, don't understand why. I, I mean, think, I think they are, well, first of all, I think Tom Cruise has a ton of control. I don't think he wants a shortened window, theatrical window. I don't think he okay. wants any streaming. I don't think I think okay. he wants the full on experience. So, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Avatar 2 is supposed to come out at the same around the same time. I feel like Tom Cruise and James Cameron are like gunning for. Oh, my God. Saving the world. If Tom that's... Cruise can sink Avatar 2. I will love him even more. That's can, yeah, he can't. But but I but I maybe that, would, that would be very cool. That would be very cool. I don't even know if that's counter programming. I feel like we're all just going to go see Avatar and then. You just go yeah, straight me. into the other. Yeah, but you don't even see movies anyway, so it, um, you don't count. I'm going to see Top Gun. I'm probably going to see Ten Rings in theater because I found out Tony Long is in it. So. It's good. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's good. What's and Ten it Rings? Looks, and it looks good. <clears throat> it's good, and he's all the actors are very good. Tony Long, oh, my God. He I does. Love, oh, yeah, he's amazing. I, I love him. Love him. I've, but he uh, he does this. There's like one shot in this movie that i'll talk to you about when you see it but he it's it's the sam elliott shot from uh nice uh, yeah where it's just like oh there's your oscar and i i just barely saw it but it was in there and it's (laughs) 
it's predicated on, you know, 40 years of like being an incredible actor. Yeah. So anyway, it's good. What movie are you talking about? New it's Marvel, a new Marvel movie. movie. Oh, okay. Ten rings. It's like a crouching. Speaking tiger of Matrix kind of thing. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, the other thing. I'm, okay. So what else? I got one more Tom Cruise thing, which is that. Oh, his car got stolen and it had copies <gasps> of Top Gun in it. What? Yes. But. They found it. Andrew, the- what were you thinking? What did you do? <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine if it was me? You know what? You know I would what, be, I do you know what like, I would do? I get to see Top Gun. No. Do you know what I would do? What would you I, do? In fact, I would do the same thing this this uh, car thief did. I would leave the copies in there, lock the doors, and make sure they found it. Because I don't think we should. I don't think this. So movie do you should- think? So the the thief realized that he'd stolen Tom Cruise's car and was like, "Oh shit! I got to get out of here." Yeah, I don't know, but I'm I, I like the idea that this that this thief cares so much about cinema and Tom Cruise and incredible aerial stunts that he knew that this footage <laughs> needed to be seen on the big screen. Why are people leaving movies in their cars? Can we stop? That is, I agree. Yeah. What? So is that a, what? What else did that? F- freak! Remember they left actual reels or something in. Um, oh. For blowout. For blowout, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. a truck going to like the lab or something. So that makes sense. No, it, but you can't leave the car. Well, yes. No, yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's like, that ha- was... people don't, it's like having a baby in the car. Like, you can't just walk <laughs> away from the car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Go get a pastrami sandwich. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It is funny to me uh, that, that somebody stole Tom Cruise's car, though. I think that's very So, funny. what yeah, kind yeah, of car I, was it? It's a $100,000 BMW. So it's a good car to steal if you're going to steal a car. I wonder what the context was. Was he like at a big party? Was this like a Fast and the Fury or like a uh, Gone with the Gone in sixty seconds kind of situation? Where there, I imagine, I imagine that it was a a high stakes, high octane situation. No matter what it cool. was, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, I they shouldn't have done it. You should never less. do anything bad to Tom Cruise, though. I do, I do, I think that would have been worth it if Tom Cruise would have been the one to apprehend them. <laughs> That would have been cool. So you would steal Tom Cruise's car if you could be assured that he would place you <laughs> under citizen's arrest? Yes, because here's the thing. I think <laughs> if I express genuine guilt and He would forgive you. Yes, because of yeah. that of that uh that clip from I think it's the Mission Impossible 2 premiere yeah. where he squirts Tom Cruise with water, I think. Yeah. Mm, and yeah. then and then Tom Cruise like gets real with him for a second and the dude is like genuinely sorry and then Tom Cruise gives him an autograph. So I think I could be that guy. It's like I could I yeah. could fake insult him, but then like come back so hard uh, and rely on that forgiveness. And then we could become pals or something. Yeah, be cool. Oh, I don't want to be his friend, but I would like to just hang out with him for a day. I'd be his friend. You don't want to be his friend. I would be his friend. <laughs> I think Maybe Mike, he'd give me a job. I, th- I think Mike would be his friend just to prove to us that he would be his friend. <laughs> I literally moved to Portland for two years because Steve said, you'll never move to Portland. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Kit, did you have a cruise minute? No. Okay. I, well, thank I'll, you for joining I'll, us. I'll just, I'll just say, okay, I have one. Okay. There were some pictures of Timothy Chalamet on the red carpet promoting Dune. And yes, he yes. looked even more like a young Tom Cruise. I was going to text you oh, because yeah. I watched the press junket for that uh, in Venice or whatever, whatever the film mm-hmm. festival is that's going on yeah. right now. And it looked so, it reminded me so much of Tom Cruise in the press junket for 
eyes wide shut. Eyes wide front. shut. Yep. Yes. I was like, exactly. I was going to text you. I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, totally. I wonder if that'll be good. Man, I don't know. I'm a Dune freak right now. I've read the first. <laughs> I've read the first three books. I loved them. Oh, nice. I've got the fourth one sitting there. It's got a picture yeah. of a giant worm man on it. So I'm like absolutely stoked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this dude has never made a bad movie for me. Uh, however, this is only half a movie apparently, which is scary. Oh. But I also don't see him as the type of director to not make to make a movie and not have there be a sense of finality to it. So it's I, like, yeah. What he is... feels like someone we should support. I oh, don't 100%. like his m- movies. I I think he is boring. They're beautiful, but he has been very vocal about uh, the people who are destroying the film industry. So I'm like, yeah. let's make one of your movies finally do good business. <laughs> well, Arrival did well, and Arrival Prisoners did, did well. well yeah. I think it was yeah, Arrival did. Yeah, I know it did. Yeah, Blade Runner did not do so well. But no, yeah. What are you going to do? Anyway, well, anyway, I just want to say that uh, he's not boring. You're boring. Oh, I, shit. Yeah. That was so not believable. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Thank you for joining us tonight, folks. Please join us next week for... It's Kit. It's Kit's turn. Oh, okay. Well, you're supposed to say, you're but Mike, what him. are we going to... Oh, wait, yeah. but Mike, what are, the, what are we going to talk about next week? <laughs> Oh, thank you, Andrew. <laughs> well, I will defer to Kit on that. Okay, so I have a couple options. Okay. But I might just do what I want. So the one that's at the top of my list, as I mentioned, is The Lodger, because it came up so much when I was looking up, like, what are the scariest movies right. from the 40s? Also, the yes. screenwriter is named Barry Linden, which I think is funny. Mm. Um <laughs> But mm. some other ones I was looking at are the 1945 picture of Dorian Gray. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Spiral Staircase from 1946. I own that. And The Old Dark House. Uh, I own that one. I have The Old Dark House. The Old Dark House is an interesting watch for like okay, a... Okay, it's out? Yeah. It's a little... Okay. It's a little... It, it's worth watching, but it's like it's like oh, this is a very like it's like proto haunted house movie, and it's it's got a weird tone to it. Um, but it's worth watching at some point in your life. I I have kinder things to pay, to to say about uh, the old dark house, but but I won't necessarily argue we include it in the triple. I really like the old dark house. Okay, picture of Dorian Gray and the Lodger both have George Sanders. Hmm. Um, this what is it? The stairwell be- was it? The spiral, staircase. the spiral staircase. I remember. I haven't seen it for a long time, but it's a good movie. That's a very have, good. Are, that's a very good title. Are there any of those that none of that yeah. none of you had seen? That none of you have seen? I haven't seen any of them. I have not seen the Lodger from the '40s, and then I have not seen the Portrait of Dorian Gray. And what? Uh, what else did you say? Uh, the Spiral Staircase. But I'm. But I'm. Have, I'm, I, I'm. I'm very well versed in uh, Dorian Gray lore from. Uh, because he was in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, yeah. yeah. Well, and I like the picture of Dorian Gray has a uh, art institute. The connection. picture is also in okay. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That one? Just the picture of the, Dorian Gray's pictures in it, and also Dorian oh, Gray's in the movie. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's do the lodger. Okay. Okay. We'll see. Well, then join us next week for 1940-somethings, The Lodger.
44. Cool. Slow motion triple feature was recorded in the booth next to the one that got messed up at the WZLP radio station. (laughs) Special thanks to our producer, Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail.com.